stuff. I mean... A-B-A-C-A-B-B. You're gonna make me cry. I know. Oh my god, Cassandra Peterson. More of an adult take on the Indiana Jump. A lot of nudity. Okay. <laughs> kind of like a little bit of S&M. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, fuck. Crocodile Dundee. What? You know. These guys smoking. Hey, everybody. This is Brad Bruce, and I'm here with... Jace Marsiglia. And you are listening to the 5195 Podcast. We just had to say goodbye to a cinematic hero. As of this recording, I don't know when this will air, this was the opening weekend for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which was the fifth and supposedly final in the Indiana Jones series. And the first movie Brad and I have ever gone to the theater to see together. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Got to see it here in sunny California. I couldn't have had a better time. I thought it was that was a lot of fun. It was a good send-off. Yes. And it was a cool experience because on episode one, that was your... Indy was my foray into film. Yeah. That was my gateway movie. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was... Uh, that was the movie that I was like, oh, movies are an experience. Yeah. You know, these are something that you can you can go for a real ride with these. And, you know, one of the things that I still love about the Indiana Jones movies just in general is just the fluid, beautiful way of shooting action scenes. Nothing's ever hectic or jerky or crudely edited. It's one of the things about action movies nowadays that I just, I can't follow them. You know, the editing is just so fast and flashy and you know, dizzying and Indiana Jones above all others, you're just right there in the, in, in the front of the thing and yeah. watch, watching it unfold. And it's such a fun ride and such a stunt show. Yeah. The things that they do, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, uh, man, from a little kid, Indiana Jones was just, that was my cinematic hero. And I love the way he pokes fun at the situation he's in too. Yes. Because, uh, as a professor, of archaeology, a lot of the situations he winds up in, I could see him looking at as completely absurd. Yeah. You know, just from an academic standpoint. But by the end of each movie, he's suddenly seen ghosts. We've seen voodoo. We've seen power of Christ, aliens, and now time travel with the Dial of Destiny. All of these things are counter to his typical beliefs, which is pretty neat. Uh, proving that Jones, no matter... How many adventures he goes on, he's still learning. He's yeah. still learning that this universe is pretty crazy. It's it's sad. It was bittersweet to watch this movie, kind of say goodbye. Because I, I do think Ford's finished. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, he's... I remember him saying he was done when Last Crusade came out. Really? It was literally the Last Crusade. They were putting the button on the trilogy. I remember as a little kid, I was seven... When Last Crusade came out, seven or eight, when he said, I'm getting too old to play Indiana Jones anymore, I'm going to have to hang it up. I was so upset when, like, the following year he did, like, Patriot Games <laughs> and then The Fugitive. And I'm like, you're still doing all these action movies. I want Indiana Jones. And it still took, like, you know, it was almost 20 years later before Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah. Between Last Crusade and Crystal Skull. But um, 
so many more people are are deep deep into Star Wars and uh as much as I liked that, as far as the Lucasfilm stuff, Indiana Jones was my go-to. It was just over Star Wars. Over Star Wars. And it was not that Star I I enjoy Star Wars as much as the next guy, but Indiana Jones appealed to me because it was it was still action, but it was there was globe trotting, exotic locations, animals, car chases, fights, treasure. Like it was everything you wanted as a kid. I know that there's slightly based on serial films of the 30s and 40s, you know, adventure movies like Tarzan and stuff like that, these big jungle epics. But there's just something about that original film that's just so magical to me. It's 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 dangerous and mean and funny and gruesome. You know, there's there's a lot of gruesome shit in some oh, of these yeah. movies, you know. That, of course, appealed to the horror aspect for me. Uh, who doesn't want to see a bunch of Nazis' faces melt, you know, into, into gore, you yeah. know? It's just, it was cool, you know? But it's it's one of those deals where I even got excited just seeing the font. Just the way that that hot orange, that fade where it just goes, whoosh, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. I don't even care what's underneath. If I see Indiana Jones and the, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I, Did, okay, then it could be Indiana Jones moves this piano, and I'd be like, "Fuck yes!" <laughs> that was a good one. It. I did like that one. Fantastic. Yeah, it that hit, was a good one. Hit all the right notes. It, it did. Wait, hey, hey, <laughs> Did Did you watch the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? I did, and the th- funny thing is, as a kid, I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, because it wasn't the action adventure show. It was kind of more of like a history show. Okay. You know, did you watch it? Nope. I expected every episode to be like one of the movies. Okay. And in retrospect, that's a lot to ask for a television series. Way too much to ask. Then. Yes. Now they could do it. They could do it now. Yeah, then if they wanted no. to. And I, I've heard stirrings that Disney Plus, having owned this IP now, they might do this or that. Yeah. You know, I have no idea. So how did you feel about the de-aging? I loved it. It's getting shit on like crazy. Reviews are saying it looks awful. And I, to be honest, that's some of the smoothest de-aging I think I've seen. It was better than The Irishman. Really? I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, it was. I Um, think it was. There's certain, they do it a lot in the Marvel universe. Do they? Because Marvel, um, a lot of their movies will parry back to an older time. I think the first time I saw it and really noticed it was... um, I believe it's Captain America's Civil War, where where Iron Man and Cap fight. There's a brief scene where it looks like a flashback, where Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is saying goodbye to his folks as they're about to leave on a trip. And they basically made him look, without all the eccentric accoutrement, like he did in Weird Science or Back to School. You know, obviously he had crazy shit in his hair and the guy liner and all that. But no, it just looked like young Robert Downey Jr., you know, like SNL era. Okay. Back when he was... Wow. A lot of people forget he's an SNL yeah, alumni. Yeah, um, But Robert Downey Jr. as a kid, as this quote-unquote flashback ends, you see aged Tony Stark walk into the room behind his young self. Mm-hmm. And then he hits a button and it all dissolves. It's a holographic memory that he put on display in front of a school. Uh-huh. For them to see this type of technology, we can we can broadcast your memories or your your dreams, whatever. And that was the first time I was like, "Holy shit, that looks amazing!" You know, it was just like, "How did the how the hell did they do that?" You know, 
it, it's hit or miss, but I saw no problem with Indiana Jones. No, neither did I. In fact, I was, I was kind of in awe of it. I'm like, geez, they really made him look like he was in 1981 era Harrison Ford. You know, this looked pretty fucking cool. In fact, there were parts where I was kind of like, you should just do a whole movie this way. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that. You know, I yeah. mean, we could, Indiana Jones, you could posit him into any pocket of history and just have a guy do the motion capture for him. And if, yeah. if Ford wants to do the voice, you know, it'd be easier on him. But yeah, I I personally, I had no problem with the de-aging in this film. I thought it looked fantastic. I really enjoyed the story. Me too. It was a really fun story. It was heavy. Yeah, it was. There were there were elements in it that I thought would go a certain way, especially since the MacGuffin in this movie could alter time. Mm-hmm. And that was essentially what the plot was, was the Nazis wanted to win World War II by going back in time and adjusting yeah. history. And so, of course, that's the race. You don't want the Nazis to... Uh, you go back in time and fuck shit up. Yeah. You know, it's so we'll stop it, but it opens up a lot of a lot of uh issues for Indy. It it kind of scratches at a scab that he I won't ruin for you guys, but it's uh it's heavy. It was it was kind of interesting seeing him not only cope with the idea that he could change something, but what if I just want to go back to this point in time and just stay? It's heavy stuff, and I don't want to ruin any of it for you, but uh, it, it posed more of a dilemma than any of the other MacGuffins. The Ark, everything else was kind of keeping someone from ruling the world, whereas this one, yeah, it's kind of the same thing, but the repercussions, I think, were bigger. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, the Crystal Skull, <laughs> the worst thing that happened was you got so much information that your head exploded. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a you problem, yeah. not a not a we problem. Right. Right. Uh, you know, the 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 greedy guy working with the Germans, oh, he's going to drink from the the cup of Christ and live forever. More of a you problem than a we problem, you know. But the dial of destiny, you could very easily turn World War II into something the Nazis won. And who knows where the fuck that puts us now. Worldwide. Worldwide, yes. So, I mean, I felt like the gravity was higher on this one. Because even Raiders of the Lost Ark, they cracked it open and the ghosts were like, yeah, we're not having none of this. Melt your fucking face. You know, <laughs> it's just uh, one of the <laughs> one of the things, I uh, a friend of mine who watches uh, The Big Bang Theory, I, I, that's a show you watch too. Yes. Right? Where Sheldon's girlfriend or wife who basically says... Even if Indiana Jones wasn't in the story, it would have ended the same way. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's just, don't, don't fucking ruin this for me. But it was, it's true. You know, a lot of the MacGuffins didn't have serious worldwide problems. It was just a singular moment in time that, you know, we just don't want, belongs in a museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, now, Temple of Doom, for that matter, the second movie, which was a prequel... You're right, right, yeah. Um, Now we're dealing with sacred rocks that have kept your village healthy, thriving, and they took all of your kids and turned them into slave labor. That's a big problem. So Jones venturing into the Temple of Doom to reclaim this sacred stone 
and free children, much bigger problem, you know, and that that's the hero in them. That's like, I could have just taken this back with me, but I got to help the kids. As a kid, I was just like, Indy, good job, man. You know, thanks for coming back for us little ones. Yeah. You know, but that was, that was the thing. It was just, uh, I enjoy the, the treasure hunting aspect of it all. I love, love all that. And, uh, I'm a sucker for, in all these movies, hearing that, that familiar grind of stone every time a temple trap gets triggered, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, oh shit, what did you do? What did you do? You know, right down to how the punches sound like straight up gunshots. Yeah. You know, someone, someone gets like punched and it's like, it's funny. I mean, but I love it. It's just so cool. There's nothing about these movies that's not, in my opinion, damn near perfect. Right. Even, even the lesser sequels, there's stuff that I just, I really enjoy. Yeah, man. As far as, as far as this being the end of Jones, which without ruining anything, I feel like the last shot, the very last shot suggests we may not be there for them anymore, but the adventures shall continue. And I really, I like that thought, you know. Plus, if anything truly horrible were to happen, it would ruin the continuity of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, where each episode is hosted by an elderly Indiana Jones. Okay. These stories are being recalled by like a 90-year-old Indiana. That was what was kind of cool about that one was, you know, if you'd watched Last Crusade, you're like, wow, he's really hanging on. (laughs) Because this guy's old. I think he even had like an eye patch. Like one of his eyes had gone bad. Okay. You know, and I think it took place today, quote unquote, in, you know, modern day 90s. Uh-huh. But then he would start regaling you with a tale of when I was nine and I went to Egypt or when I was in the Civil War. So each story was an, an adventure, but it was more historical, I thought. More of an, ed- I don't want to call it educational, but just a, a period piece TV show where your center of focus is Indiana Jones. I would, I, I have the first two out of three box sets okay. of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And I've not really cracked them open yet. We're talking 30 year gap between watching it then and watching it now. And yeah. I, I'd love to put new eyes on it and just kind of see if it would be more fun for me now Yeah, as not just an Indiana Jones fan, but a history buff, you know, how cool to just think, oh yeah, Jones was around for the beginning of jazz or, <laughs> you know, it was cause that was an episode, you know, and then there's one where he's being chased around Hollywood during the golden era, you know, okay. stuff like that. It was, it was fun, but as a kid, as a little seven, eight year old kid, maybe 10 by this point, but I wanted Indiana Jones. I wanted the temples and the car chases and, it just wasn't that. Right. You know. But yeah, pretty much if it was Indiana Jones, I jumped on it. Yeah. I've even got probably a stack this high of novels. Oh, really? Because they did put out a big series of Indiana Jones novels. I mean, he went after all kinds of shit. I think one of them was even, he's racing the Nazis to Noah's Ark, I think. Okay. Like, you know, the site of Noah's Ark. There's a lot. I mean, there was a ton of them and... The sad thing was, same with the TV show, I'd read these novels thinking, I'm gonna, I got a book like this thick, it's going to be action-packed. Yeah. No, it feels kind of like a travel log with, with a couple of fist fights, And it's just one of those deals where I'm like, with these extra adaptations, I was always like, did you guys even watch the movies? 
you know, these are nonstop. These that's what that's the charm of this shit, you know. But uh, yeah, I collected all the novels. I've got all these novels, these paperbacks. Marvel had a pretty decent run of the further adventures of Indiana Jones. Those started in '82, okay, and lasted to about '86. Mm, I could be wrong. It could be fifty. We'll say, but those were, again, the further adventures of Indiana Jones. In the '90s, Dark Horse got a hold of them, mm-hmm. and those were fun. I don't know if it was so much an ongoing series as it was you would get like a three or four issue story. Okay, you know, the biggest one was probably Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which I believe was a game first, a computer game. I think Dark Horse picked it up and made a comic line out of it. But there were there were comic arcs that showed Short Round again. He went on more adventures with Jones. There's a, a comic series where he and his dad team up again. Oh, really? You know, I mean, they're they're really fun for fans of the movie because they go back and play with the continuity. You know, they they let you see, you know, maybe what's what's Short Round been up to. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Marion would show up again here and there, of course, because she was a mainstay. Yeah, those books. The comics, um, I ate that stuff up. I just, if, if Jones was on it, I, I was all about it. What was funny, they released, I, think, I don't know if it was Scholastic, but it was about the size of a Goosebumps book. They released probably about a dozen, what, what would you call them, young adult? Is that what you would yeah. call it? Goosebumps? Was that, they released probably about a dozen young Indiana Jones paperback books. In the 90s, around the same time as Goosebumps. Oddly enough, those books were more exciting than the adult novels. Okay. Because the adult novels were just too detailed about what he's looking for and the area. And, you know, just I wanted fights and chases and shit. And those, the kids' books had him. I think I remember one of the first books, I'm not even halfway into it, and he's fighting someone on the roof of a speeding train. And I'm like, that's... That's what I want. Yeah. That's the Indiana Jones that I want. And I want to say that the books were supposed to take place around the same time as like the opening of Last Crusade, where young Indy, we're talking the River Phoenix Indiana okay. Jones, you know, because yeah, even the Indiana Jones Chronicles, the, uh, they went back to like when he was like eight. A lot of these books was more like your River Phoenix Boy Scout Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. where he, I think the first book even says he's still trying to work the hat to fit perfectly, you know, because it's brand new. The guy guy just gave it to him, you know. His dad, Henry Jones Sr., is always like, why do you wear that stupid thing, you know, and just browbeating him for it. And it's like, Dad, the guy who gave it to me was awesome. It's very much around that era. While still historic, they'd place them in things like, like no joke, one of the books was Indiana Jones and the Titanic Adventure. Indiana Jones was on the Titanic as it was sinking, you know. Wow. Um, I think the first one had to do with the Underground Railroad. It was No there. shit. He was there helping people through the Underground Railroad. Yeah. So, I mean, really cool plots, you know, that just stuck them in situations that you've heard of possibly or some, maybe sometimes just total bullshit and it was just adventure stuff. But they were fun. Uh The second in those young Indiana Jones books tells you the story of how he met Sala. Oh, really? Yes. When they were kids. Okay. You know, so it's like you read that and then you look at Raiders, Last Crusade, and now Dial of Destiny. These three movies have Sala. Yeah. I watched it thinking, 
They've been friends since they were children, which makes the chemistry between them that much sweeter, you know, in the movies, because they're like best buds. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, there was a book about them being trapped in the pyramids and not being able to get out, you know, and it's just him and this new kid, Sala. Yeah. While, while we were on vacation in Egypt, you know, it was one of those things. But there was just always something to collect, always something cool with Indiana Jones. And I just, I, I buried my head in all of it. Yeah. I just thought it was so great. So you had a lot of these books then. I did. I really did. The comics, the novels, the... The comics, I had a decent stack, um, and a lot of them go for a lot of money now. I wish I didn't get rid of them. Really? Yeah. I've I've, I've still probably got a handful, Um, but like I've seen Dark Horse puts out these omnibus books that are collections of like, you know, maybe a dozen. Mm -hmm. The two or three for Indiana Jones, when I shop around, they're pretty hefty. Yeah? Yeah, kind of sucks. Wow. Because I would love to collect all the omnibuses. I mean, as far as Dark Horse is concerned, yeah, I'd love to go back and get all the Predators, the Aliens. I mean, Dark Horse Comics was fantastic oh, for yeah. that stuff. Yeah. The, the movie adaptation stuff. Yeah. Them doing Indiana Jones was just icing on the cake. But uh, yeah, those omnibus books, they're not cheap. And it bums me out because that's probably cheaper than going out and finding all of these individual issues. Yeah. You know. But yeah, the Marvel ones, I, I don't think I ever saw any of those in stores. Wow, really? I, I just learned about those over the last few years. And, okay. Um, I just thought Dark Horse had the market cornered, you know. Yeah. No, those are, those are fun too. The soundtracks are amazing. Soundtracks are great. Love the soundtracks to the Jones films. Uh, Williams doesn't just rehash the same themes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you got your Raiders March, which is the theme, but then, you know, Marion has her theme and short round has his, and you know, each movie has got these cool, unique little idiosyncrasies, you know, for each character. Yeah. And it's just fun that way. But yeah, I, I would love to see someone put together the ultimate Indiana Jones chronological timeline. How cool would that be? Oh, if they did. Yeah, and I'm sure oh. it's out there. I've just never really looked hard. But if someone took the books, the comics, uh-huh. the series, the TV show, the video games, and made one long line just up and down each year, this is where Jones was. How cool That's would that be? That's pretty cool. That you would know? be cool. It would be, it would be neat to just kind of follow that. And I did mention video games. My brother and I, we had... Uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Okay. For PlayStation 2. And that was a fun game. That was a lot like Tomb Raider. Okay. Which is funny because Tomb Raider is obviously the Indiana Jones counterpart. Uh huh. It was one of those deals where when they finally made a game for it, I'm like, of course. Why not? Why aren't we doing this? And uh, they made two of them that I'm aware of it was the Emperor's Tomb. And then I've got another one at home called the Staff of Kings, and I've not played and what, that. And what one. what system were these for? PS2. PS2. Yep. Because before that, from the looks of it, Fate of Atlantis, Infernal Machine, these are computer games. Okay. Back when those were all the rage. And then before that, it looks like there were Indiana Jones games for Atari. Wow. Yeah, there's a Raiders of the Lost Ark game for Atari. Yeah, that's it. Temple of Doom for Atari. Lost Kingdom for Commodore 64. Wow. Do you remember the Commodore? I do. I didn't I even do. know they made, you know. So, yeah, there's that. Indiana Jones and the Revenge of the Ancients. That's a Macintosh game. Last Crusade. I remember playing that. 
Indiana Jones Last Crusade. Indiana Jones Greatest Adventures for Super Nintendo. That I remember because that was all three movies. Okay. You had to fight your way. The levels were like progressively going through the trilogy. That's cool. That was cool. I enjoyed that one. Uh, the Fate of Atlantis, I remember being the big one when I was a kid, and that was uh, that was for the PC. Okay. And I, I never really played a lot of PC games. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't good at it. I've never been good at playing video games on a keyboard. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I, I don't get much more complex than A-B-A-C-A-B-B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? But yeah, no. And now my kids play... Uh, the Lego Indiana Jones video games. Those okay. Are, those are all the rage now for like the Xbox. And yeah. So, so yeah, the, I see those now and again, but. I never played the games. Mine for Indiana Jones was just the toys. Yeah. Getting the toys. And it's funny you say Legos because, man, those Lego toys, they're The ones that are mint. out now? Ooh. Like a lot of the retired ones. Oh, the retired oh, ones. Oh my god! I was going to say, I seen about a $150 one of a temple. I think it's the one with like the rock, you know, the big boulder. Yeah. I think that's one of the relatively new ones and that looks fucking amazing. Oh, but you should see the prices of these things. Though. Oh, they're ridiculous. Yeah. They? Raiders of the Lost Ark, the game, it's a board game. Travel the world in search of the magical Ark. Ambush your opponents or hold them hostage to obtain the sacred staff of Ra. Find the map room and then rush to the country where the Ark is hidden for two to six players, ages eight and up. This is a it's a board game by Kenner. Hmm. Had no idea. We got Indiana Jones Monopoly. That's just <laughs> everything's Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Was this Indiana Jones: The Sands of Adventure? Oh, by Funko. This game was announced April tenth of twenty twenty three. So this is relatively new. As part of a wave of merchandise updates in the lead up to the Dial of Destiny, and is expected to release in the U.S. in June eighteenth as a Target exclusive. I've not seen it. Either they're selling like crazy or I haven't found them anywhere. And I, I think I would have saw Indiana Jones jump yeah. out at me. That's a new board game. Wow. Which we could do an entire episode on board games. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. You know, it's funny. I'm looking here. Um, the Temple Escape, the 08 Indiana Jones Lego. This thing is over $500. Are you serious? Yeah. Yowza. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like, I mean, I never... I didn't have a lot of the toys that came out, like, I think it was an 84. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a lot of those. Which I didn't know about those until you told me about them during yeah. our toy episode. Because one of the questions you posed to me was, which toys would you wish, do you wish you had? Right. And I was like, Indiana Jones, of course. And yeah. I had no idea that there was a whole line of them. And uh, when we went to Frankenstein's, that was the first time I'd seen them. Oh, really? In, in person. Yeah. Okay. After us talking about it, just being like... How the fuck did I miss this? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just so fucking cool. Like an 82 sealed Indiana Jones in German uniform. Kenner original vintage. 475. Oof. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Lego sets. Oh, here's the new one. It's the Temple of the Golden Idol. And this is a... This is a new Lego set. Okay. That was released this year. Based on the opening temple of the uh, <laughs> Chachapoyan warriors? I don't know. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, sequence from Raiders of the Lost Ark. The set comes with Lego minifigures of Indiana Jones, Satipo, Belloc, and a Jovitos warrior. And it was released April of this year. And it looks fucking stellar. 
And uh, last I saw, it was about 150 bucks. Wow. Which means you buy it now, it's only going to go up and mm-hmm. up and up and up. If you don't open it. Yeah. Indiana Jones motorcycle chase from, I'm assuming, yeah. Motorcycle chase is a Lego set that includes Indy and his father, a German soldier with motorcycles, so you can wipe that fucker out. And two wheeled cycles, one having a sidecar. It's based on the scene in The Last Crusade in which the Joneses flee from Castle Bruinwald. And uh, it doesn't say when this one was made, but it kind of looks, it sort of looks like it's part of the same line. Okay. Smaller, though. You, you got, it looks like you c- it comes with a little toll. Mm-hmm. Toll booth thing where, you remember how he kind of smashes through the gate? Yeah. It looks like it comes with that. Obviously, you get a little Nazi soldier dead in the sidecar. It's kind of cool. You know, and it also, um, I know the series spawned quite a few ripoffs in film. So you're talking about Indiana Jones wannabes. Yeah. There yeah. were tons of those. I movies. think the biggest one that I remember that I even clearly was like, wow, you guys aren't even trying to hide this. I think I know. King Solomon's mind? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Sharon Stone? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those were, it wasn't Indiana Jones. They were, was it Alan Quartermain? Yep. Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they're, who the fuck are you fooling here? Which I don't remember much about. That was, it was Richard Chamberlain, Sharon Stone, James Earl Jones, Henry Silva, Jesus Christ. Wow. And oh my God, Cassandra Peterson as. Soares? I don't know. Uh, but there was, yeah, King Solomon's Mines. And then looks like a more modern one here. Alan Quartermain from 2008 and the Temple of Skulls starring Sean Cameron Michael. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a big ripoff, which had some tires on it because they made a couple. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes of Ice Pirates. Yes. That was one. I would even Sky go. Sky Pirates. Yes. Wait, yeah. am I thinking of the same one? Maybe you are thinking of Sky Pirates. There's an ice one too. There is an ice pirates, but Sky Pirates is the is the they want to say Australia Australian? Oh yeah. The Ice Pirates definitely a blend of uh Indiana Jones and I would say Mad Max. Mm, okay. With yeah. uh Robert Urich. Okay. Um so Sky Pirates, let me pull that one up. Nineteen eighty six. Sounds about right. Um, oh, yeah. They even got the font. John Hargraves says Lieutenant Harris. These are cool. Um, even, it's not an Indiana Jones ripoff when you watch it, but wasn't Dreamscape, the poster for that, just looked straight up Temple of Oh, Dead. yeah, definitely did. Um, with Dennis Quaid. And I think it's a Struzan. Okay. It looks like a Struzan for sure. But what's funny is he's wearing khakis, leather bomber coat, <laughs> holding a torch, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, there's a snake, giant snake coiled around this pillar that's next to him. I mean, yeah, this is this is Indiana Jones all the mm-hmm. fucking way. That's funny. Another one, and one that I actually kind of dig, uh, The Golden Child. Oh, yeah. With Eddie Murphy. Yes. Definitely on the Indiana Jones train. Mm -hmm. The Goonies, naturally. Yeah. Uh, The Goonies was Indiana Jones for the Tykes. Do you remember 
fire starter or hell shit it was chuck norris and louis gossett jr it was a very indiana jones looking cover okay firewalker do you remember that i do um if i had to pick a favorite though in the indiana jones ripoffs Mm -hmm. romancing the stone oh hands down beautiful movie yeah hilarious movie uh jewel of the nile not so much it was okay yeah i give it the billy ocean song it's very fucking catchy but yeah, Romancing the Stone was solid. It was, that was solid. A, that's a great film to revisit. But yeah, there were just, <laughs> there's so many of these. So that was great writing. I love the writing in and Romancing, Romancing the Stone. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. That actually brings up a good point. Is there a list of Indiana Jones ripoffs? Has to be. Here we go. Ranking the Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoffs is IGN article. So yeah, Romancing the Stone, we talked about that. Oh, National Treasure. Oh, yeah. With Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah, not a favorite, but you know. Uh, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Yep, that was very Indiana Jones-like. How the fuck didn't I think of this? We talked about it. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, starring Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie. Those were fun movies. They were fun movies. I actually enjoyed all three of those. High Road to China with Tom Selleck. Mm. Do you know that one? Not familiar. Okay. Sahara with Matthew McConaughey. Eh. King Solomon's Mines. Firewalker. Sky Pirates. (laughs) Gwendolyn. Not familiar. Uh, That was the one with Tony Katane. More of an adult take on the Indiana Jones. A lot of nudity. Okay. Kind of like a little bit of S&M. <laughs> wow. Uh, 1989's River of Death with Michael Dudikoff. Hmm. Heard of that one? No. Okay, that's one. Treasure of the Four Crowns. No. No, that's 1983. Jungle Raiders with Christopher Connolly. <laughs> Never fucking heard of it. Oh, God, and it's it's a movie. <clears throat> Antonio Magriete. Here we are. We're getting into the Italian ripoffs. Okay. So we should have seen those coming. Uh, like Indiana Jones formula so much, he made three cheap knockoffs. Hunters of the Golden Cobra, Ark of the Sun God, and this 1985 effort, Jungle Raiders. Uh, you see what they did there? I saw it. And check out the font on that poster. The poster is literally an Indiana Jones font. The film kicks off as something of a spoof with our hero Duke Howard fooling tourists into thinking they're taking part in indie-like adventures, but the story proper involves a somewhat uninvolving hunt for the mysterious Ruby of Doom. (laughs) Indeed, not even the presence of Lee Van Cleef can save this one, they say. I like Lee Van Cleef. Uh, The Further Adventures of Tennessee Buck. Okay, so now we're even including another state. Another state for the name. But yeah, that's the list on IGN. So those are those are the ripoffs, and we even thought of ones they didn't. Yeah, I have another one that I know that, that I thought would be on there, but it wasn't. Invaders of the Lost Gold. Shut up! I had that on. That? I had when I worked at a video store, that was on the shelf, and when I picked it up, I was like, "What the hell is this?" And the the lady I worked with there was like, "Oh, that's an Indiana Jones ripoff," and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to rent it." She goes, "Not only can you rent it." You can have it because no one has ever rented it. <laughs> Holy shit. So do you still have it? I still have it. Oh, and like I'm even looking at that Gwendolyn, the Tawny Katane one. Mm-hmm. It's full title 
The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. <laughs> if that doesn't sound like Indiana Jones and the Woody Wutton. What? You what know. These guys smoking. Good Lord. Jewel of the Nile, The Further Adventures. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Then you get, yeah, you get some of your Jackie Chans in here, Operation Condor. I'm pretty sure he was like a treasure hunter. Yeah. But that's your martial arts action. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Speed. starring Wayne Crawford this was 1986 in a world where unbeknownst to the public all famous pulp fiction heroes are real one of them Jake Speed agrees to help desperate Margaret Winston save her sister from sadistic white slaver Sid who's operating in Africa as he should be yeah also stars John Hurt and Dennis Christopher Hmm. never heard of it Oh, I forgot about this. This is also more of a Tomb Raider thing, but do you remember when Tia Carrere had a TV show called Relic Hunter? Yes. That was actually kind of dope. Yes, I do remember that. It wasn't a bad show at all. Um, Also, uh, it was kind of Indiana Jones-like, but it was more of a comic book movie. Um, The one with uh, Tanya Roberts. Hmm. What was the one with Tanya Roberts where she was in a friggin' loincloth... Yeah, I see it. She could the, speak the to tan the, loincloth. I yep, see it. Yep. She could speak to the animals. Yeah, um, I can't remember the name of it. I'm looking. Oh fuck, Crocodile Dundee. Definitely one and two, three to a degree. Uh, Congo, 1996. Yeah, that was an adventure. That's a treasure hunter story. Oh, the Rundown with the Rock. Did you ever see that one? I didn't. So that came out in 2003. It was it was the Rock and Sean William Scott from. American Pie, okay. Stifler. The bad guy is Christopher Walken. Basically, The Rock is a bounty hunter. Okay. Sent to get a mobster's kid out of, pretty sure, the, the Amazon or some shit. hmm But he had found, there's a treasure hidden somewhere out there that Christopher Walken is using the town villagers to find. Not only is the action in it pretty fucking badass... Christopher Walken is a villain. Seriously, what more do you need? Uh, I remember it being a lot of fun, and it was actually directed by Peter Berg. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he did it. It was great. Good movie. One that I forget about a lot, but when it, when it, when it pops up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that fucking thing. I just wonder what Lucas and Spielberg think about all of this stuff that they spawned. I don't know. You know I mean, that, I want, is it flattering? Is it like, good try? I, I feel like maybe there's an eye roll in there and they probably don't even give it a second thought. Yeah. I personally, there would probably be the initial moment of, come on, guys. Yeah. But then I'd probably be like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I guess whatever I did, you know, it gave them that inspiration. Yeah. But I, you know, Indiana Jones stuff, the just treasure hunting and the jungles and all that stuff. I'm just such a sucker for that, man. It's just such an easy get for me. But nobody did it quite like the Jones movies. Nobody, right. Nobody could. Nobody will. Indiana, I agree. Indiana Jones has retired. Yep. I was I was very happy to be able to uh, send him off with one of my best buds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was nice. That was that was it's fun. A very cool full circle thing for it. It for definitely us. was. Now I'm. I'm actually going to be on the hunt for the comics now. Like I'm I'm going to start I'm mm. going to start hunting these things down and sure. you know and and. You know, give those things a whirl. Yep. I don't know know. how many are out there, but harder to count for Dark Horse because there was never like a one, two, three, four, Mm -hmm. you know, like a rolling line. It was always a story. 
Yeah. And it would be like issue one through three, issue one through four. And you'd have to look up a list of all the story arcs. And right. And hunt them based on that. Or if you got the money, just grab those omnibus that yeah. they got out there, which I'm sure has tons of cool shit. I mean, I think I definitely want to... I want to start with the Marvels. There's a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah I, you, I'd like to start with the Marvels and just kind of see what, what that does. But obviously to read, I might do the omnibus thing. Sure. You're talking about just as far as collecting. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Those would probably be, you'd, you'd have a good hunt on your hands. I, I think, think so, yeah. That'd I be think fun. so. Something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just looked it up. Sheena oh, was the Tanya Roberts okay. movie. Okay, And to go back to uh, a point we made several episodes back, came out in 1984, rated PG. Okay. And let me tell you. There is not a lot left to the imagination in that loincloth. I mean, there's even a shot of her climbing up a mountain and the camera's below. You're just looking right up Main Street. And I'm just kind of like, not even PG-13, huh? Wow. Must have been pre-Temple of Doom, pre-Gremlins. Yeah. That's when everybody got all pithed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Sheena. That I believe even Sheena was a Marvel comic. Sheena might be Marvel. Okay. I know it was based on a comic book. So do you know where like Lucas and Spielberg got the idea for this? For Indy? Yeah. Basically, they kept saying it was based on the serials they grew up watching that would play before a film. Okay. In theaters. You'd get a okay. little 10-minute adventure that would end on a cliffhanger. Okay. You'd have to come back to the cinema next week to see the next part. Got the it. next part. And they were all cliffhangers. Okay. And they just said, what if we just made one movie that was all cliffhangers? You know, each scene, just this big, massive set piece. And, right. And uh, that was the idea. It was a tribute to serialized adventure films oh, okay. of the golden age. As far as just Indiana Jones and his accoutrement, you know, the leather jacket and the fedora and all that. That I used to know, I'm sure it's on a documentary on one of the Blu-rays or DVDs, because they do go in depth about the design and mm-hmm. all that. But um, bottom line, they were trying to pay tribute to serials, which I wasn't even familiar with those until I started watching, um, I guess in the 30s or 40s, there were Batman serials. I, I have those. You do? Yeah. Yeah. So those... I guess would play in front of movies. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd get it. You'd get a fraction next week, come back, get a fraction. And they'd always end with you being like, damn, yeah, I got to come back and see what happens next week. But that was what Indiana Jones was. Each set piece, each chase. Yeah. Could have been divvied up into fractions and you would have this moment and then it would cliffhang and that moment it would cliffhang. And that was what was great about those films. It's great about that franchise was they never let you, Catch your breath. Right. You know? One of my bigger complaints is Temple of Doom, just because after such a phenomenal opening, there's kind of a slog where it's like, you got the one Kate Capshaw, she's just running around screaming, you know? (laughs) There's like a 10-minute scene at the table where they're eating fucking bugs and monkey brains, and it's just, there's just this soggy midsection and then when they get to the Temple of Doom, the movie really picks up and goes bonkers. And yeah. Now you got mind chases and fights and all this good shit. And it was like, 
this is what I came for. So even Temple of Doom is probably my least, and I know that's sacrilege when so many people hate Crystal Skull. Yeah. But that's the only one that, to me, took a while to wind up. Whereas Raiders and Last Crusade are like perfect. Yeah. They're perfect films. They just, they're amazing. So. I mean, the only fact I know is, I want to say it was Lucas. His dog's name was Indiana. Yes. And I also know that same dog was the inspiration for Chewbacca. Correct. Right. Yeah. I did hear that. I think even as an in-joke in The Last Crusade at the beginning, when River Phoenix gets home, their dog is a husky. Mm-hmm. named Indiana, because they make the joke about, you're named after the dog, yeah. you know. Um, but I believe that was Lucas's dog was a husky, just like the one in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was their little, you know, tribute to the dog. And the only reason I knew that is because we heard Peter Mayhew say it at Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, I remember hearing that much. I used to be in a... Lucasfilm fan club. Okay. Where I'd get sent magazines and patches and buttons and shit. And something in that thing had a little blurb about... That's cool. Indiana Jones and George Lucas's dog. Yeah. You know, it was That's just cool. kind, of, kind of a cool thing to learn. I think, what else? Oh, when we went to the movies the other day, we both scooped up a couple of complimentary posters. Mm-hmm. You, you, me, and Tina were talking about how, you know, theaters don't do cool shit. At home, I have bagged and boarded from before I was born, or at least when I was like two, they had full magazines of the movies you were going to see. And at home, I have at least The Temple of Doom, which is like 50 pages, and I believe we're complimentary. Hmm. Get them right off the counter. But this dates back to 84. I have an 84 limited magazine of the temple of doom i have return of the jedi and i think i have rocky three wow yeah and they were just they were things that my dad had saved over the years that he was cleaning out a closet one day and was just like you want these i was like fuck yeah you know (laughs) and i've had them ever since you know i've had them since i was a little kid but Mm -hmm. i the indiana jones one was just it was such a cool thing and uh one of the cool things in the magazine that i did not know there's a shot of Indy, Short Round, and Willie walking through the temple. It's just after the scene with the room with the spikes. Okay. It's like a red matte painting, it looks like. And they're just walking in the distance, and it looks very lava-like, like they're in a volcano or something. But there's stalagmites that look like teeth. It looks like they're in a mouth. I found out that that was a a mock-up or something they were going to use for Jaws 3. So that wow. sh- that shot in the movie, which lasts for like 10 seconds, they repurposed it to look like a cave with these spikes, you know, these, these stalagmites and shit from the ceiling. And it, yeah, it's, it's actually unused mock-up from Jaws that was supposed to be from inside the mouth. Wow, that's which, cool. Which now we know watching Jaws 3, there is a scene where a guy's trapped in the mouth so yeah, that was probably had something to do with that, but uh, it was unused, and they gave it to the Temple of Doom crew to. That's cool. And it's just it, it's a cool shot, but every time I see it, I'm like, we're inside a shark's mouth, right? Yeah. Now, technically, yeah. You know, it was pretty cool. Well, I mean, I think that's another one in the can. I think so too. Um, I'm gonna miss Jones. I'm gonna miss seeing Harrison throw the hat on, as we've 
demonstrated here on this episode, uh, the adventures of Indiana Jones continue in about a dozen different ways, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. There's a lot of Jones stuff out there. I'm for actually you. looking forward to revisiting all the movies again I, for the first time in a long time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, they're on all the time and I, I don't, I purposely don't sit and watch them when they're on TV before coming out this time for this trip. I watched one through four again. Oh, did you? Before the release of the new one. God, it's still just so much fun watching yeah. these movies. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch. It's just watch two them hours again. a piece of feeling like a kid again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was For good sure. stuff. Good popcorn flick and a good way to kick summer off. Yeah. It definitely was. For sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That was a good, nice little retrospect. Yes. That was all indie. Yes. All Indiana Jones. Very... Very focused theme this this episode, yeah. but, but I think we touched on just about everything except for the MGM stunt show, which I just shoehorned in. Yeah. There is so, also that, which I heard just came back no to, kidding. to Disney. Really? For the first time in over 20 years. And we didn't talk about the ride. There was a ride. Indiana Jones? Yeah. Yeah. I've never, but, I've never seen it, though. Really? So it was at Disneyland. Disneyland? See, yeah. Like, I, I only went... That's the thing. Is like, I'm not a Disneyland guy. Uh-huh. I'm a Universal guy. Okay. So, it's like everything else. I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't... It, that I, makes sense. You know, that's and, fun. And, 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 and yeah, there was a Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. You're right. Fast-paced thrill ride in search of Indiana Jones. I'll be damned. So, yeah, there was a ride. Yeah. I only knew of the... Um, it was the... I don't know what they call the studio now, but it used to be called... In, Disney's MGM Studios. Okay. And it's a about an hour long stunt show. Okay. Of Indiana Jones. That's and cool. It was wicked. Yeah. And it was cool because it didn't matter where you sat when there were explosions. You felt, felt the, the heat. heat. <laughs> and uh you know, it was it was it was fun. It was they basically recreated two or three big set pieces from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And uh just knowing that there's no cuts and they could really die you know, it's a good hair-raising, nail-biting little thing yeah. they put on there. It's That's pretty cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah. So right there on, you well. go. I think we covered, finally. The indie-verse. Everything in the indie-verse. <laughs> yeah. I think so, too. I'm sure we missed things. You can write in and let us know. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted, I thought it would be cool to have an episode to say goodbye officially, tip the hat, so to speak. The fedora. To one of the greatest adventure icons in cinema yeah farewell indiana jones you're gonna make me cry i know (laughs) all right man well until next time see you guys